Welcome to Gold Coast Insider, where we bring you business insights, stories, opportunities, and forecasts from movers and shakers across the Gold Coast. I'm your host, Estelle Rodigiro. I'm CEO of Regional Development Australia Gold Coast. My guest today is Karen Phillips. Karen's background spans 30 years of extensive commercial corporate communication strategy and community experience. At just 14, she was one of the youngest delegates invited by the federal government to attend the country's first ever National Youth Conference. And at 15, Karen was honoured with the with an Australian Youth Citizen Award and has since lived by the belief that one idea can change the world through creating heart-to-heart connections. In 2018, Karen was awarded uh, Gold Coast Citizen of the Year for services to the Gold Coast community. Karen has significant knowledge of the region's economic and industry development, tourism, promotion, administration, project and community facilitation. And over the past two decades, she's served on numerous key community boards, including the Gold Coast Community Fund, Ambassador for the Vinnie's CEO Sleepout. She is committed to women's leadership. Karen specialises in the women's markets, has specialised in the women's markets for 30 years, working with some of Australia's major organisations and has developed key women's initiatives, including Women in Business Awards, leadership programs in cities and regional territories, Queensland Women in Business Summit, Women in Business UAE, which I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about, as well as youth initiatives, including Empowering Young Women's School Series and Impact Youth Summits. And if that's not enough, she's also an author of the best-selling International Women's Day Centennial book called Women's Words of Wisdom, Power and Passion. So it is my very big pleasure to be speaking with you today, Karen. I think our time's up. That's the longest yeah, intro that's, ever. That's it. Let's go now. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, it's wonderful to be here and share some time with you. Oh, look, wonderful to be chatting to you. I mean, I don't know how you fit it in. No, and frankly, I, I'm at a loss to know where do we start. So let's start at the very beginning. You are a local girl, like you're born and bred here. I am. I am uh, was born in Southport Hospital. I always joke and say bed 22. And, and I, for many years, actually, would say to people, oh, don't worry, I've lived away, because there was this the stigma about the Gold Coast and how people felt about it and in comparison to, say, Sydney or Melbourne. Now the world has changed so much, thank goodness, you can proudly say I've lived here all my life. But I have lived away and had the opportunity of working overseas in a number of different countries and come back to call the Gold Coast home. It's where my family roots are. And certainly, I think, a really important part for all businesses is the power of connection. And when I started my career as a journalist initially, is I built some really solid wonderful connections. And so to launch my company back here made great sense. And and fortunately, I was able to have a company here that was national and international, but be based on the Gold Coast. I'd always be questioned, why aren't you in Sydney or Melbourne? But the truth is, you can do anything now. Uh, and we look at it and don't even question that. Back then, 30 years ago, it's our 30th anniversary of having our company this year. So uh, in those times, it was certainly seen as a challenge to be what they called a regional-based organisation. So what what did bring you back to the Gold Coast, Karen? Like you did travel extensively and you worked extensively over this overseas. What brought you back to the Gold Coast? 
I think family, really. Uh, It's the love of lifestyle, certainly. Um, By looking at the shade of my skin, I'm very fair. You wouldn't know that I spend much time in the sun. But family um, were based here on the Gold Coast. And I think that, you know, for many of us, you can travel the world. And yes, you always say there's no place like home. But really, we do have an incredible lifestyle combined with business opportunities here. So it's the perfect setting to, uh, to launch a business. And and the, the Gold Coast would have just absolutely you've just seen the Gold Coast change so much, haven't you, in those years? Like from from then. Yeah, absolutely. And when I came back to the Gold Coast, I really made a decision that to benefit greatly and to launch a business, you needed to look at where the Gold Coast was moving. And that was tourism at the time, particularly um Daikyo, a Japanese group, had launched into the city. There was a lot of uh, infrastructure changes, there are a lot of resorts being built, a lot of golf courses, and so I spent a lot of my earlier career in my business, actually launching and working on hotels like Royal Pines Resort, the Sofitel, uh, changing the Travel Lodge to Crown Plaza, working on golf courses such as Arundel Hills and Lakelands. Wow. Uh, so seeing some yeah. really big changes across our city, but having that dynamic combination of residential, the golf club, and also hotels and, and resort-style living, the Gold Coast was really Australia's number one destination for that combination. Yeah. So let's jump forward because there's quite a bit I want to get through t- with you. Um, you've really you've really taken on uh, women in business, haven't you? Like it's been a, a driving force for quite a lot of years. And I'm going to say that I think that the Women in Business Awards themselves, which is a key pillar of the awards, is to showcase um, successful businesses and new opportunities for younger women. That's in its 11th year this year. I mean, it is it, it is in its eleventh year. Uh, time flies. However, you know, we launched um, thirty years ago. It's our thirtieth anniversary of our first Women in Business program, and during that time, I had the opportunity of really understanding what women required in the support way mm. to help build their business, to grow their confidence, to develop a new skill set, and really, after doing two years of national surveys, the results still came in that having that self-satisfaction and awareness around perhaps being seen as an award winner or being part of an awards program is still the most effective way of celebrating, honouring and really championing women as such. Sorry, underpinning that is though you have a a big mentoring program that, that supports these women through as well, don't you? Yeah, so the awards aren't actually just a a one-stop shop as in you turn up, you win your trophy and you head Mm -hmm. off into the distance and pop it on your wall. It's actually about a whole year's program and that is involved um, for our women when they have mentoring opportunities. We have roundtable board lunches. We have media masterclasses. We have trips to regional Queensland. So there really is this development period as well that they go through, whether they're beginning their journey or they are a leading entrepreneur. It's a chance for them to meet like-minded women. We find that lots of our women actually work in pillars and they are more silos and they don't have that opportunity of connecting with those other styles of women who are also going through similar phases and similar challenges. When they come together, a great thing happens and that is there's this connectivity and an opportunity for them to develop and grow and also build bigger networks, really good safety mechanisms for them. So let's talk to women today predominantly. and. And what are the key issues facing, well, well, we'll talk women, but I guess it's it's facing everyone. And we're a resilient mob, aren't we? And we keep bouncing back. But how much longer can we do that? What, what is the alternative to, to keep doing that? Is there an alternative? Is that a, an issue? 
Well, I think it's an issue for everyone, particularly through the last number of years. How resilient can we be? How do we maintain that? And, you know, three out of four women across Queensland in, in recent surveys say that they believe that they've actually experienced burnout in the last 12 months alone. And so how do we actually support that? And is it working less? Is it actually having techniques within the business forum which support us? And there's a new terminology that's just come out. It's kind of fairly fresh out of the stable, and that's becoming anti-fragile. And that's really, you know, learning to thrive and and focus in this era of disruption. What does that look like? And I think that maintaining at this galactic pace that we're all working at or seem to be working towards most of us is that we're wanting to move beyond resilience. And so how do we do that? We can't keep being resilient forever. We have to be able to take time to breathe. And it's really changing our mindset into saying, well, how do we look at this in an anti-fragile way and see ourselves differently through mindset changes, through management changes? And that's not just for the leaders, but it's actually for everyone in an organisation and at home. Mm, no, it certainly is. And then that leads me to um, the changes in the work environment. I mean, now with, you know, the working from home and that that blended work environment, I personally see that I take, I, I'm I'm working all the time now. There's there's not a, a time when I'm just not at the office and I'm forever looking at emails, even if I've got a week off, you know, this is, it's, it's actually. I think got it's a- called pleasure. It's called pleasure. <laughs> it's, it's a new term that I heard in Dubai recently and it's, it's focused on that combining. You're so right in this leisure time and business time and how do we join the two together? And whether we'd like to or not, they naturally bleed into each other. I mean, let's face they it, do. we're addicted to our mobile devices and yes. it's hard to put them down. And if you start looking at social media on holidays, you tend to hop in and just have a look at an email before you know it, you're in there for three hours. Yeah. So there is this new combination and and really it makes a lot of sense is how do we travel? How do we get to live the lives we want to now that we've seen there are different styles of lives opposed to being 40 or 60 hours in the office every week. So how can we combine that? How can we actually travel, take a trip to the Gold Coast, for example, but actually get to do the work while we're here? So that combo of um, business and leisure, pleasure, has, uh, we're going to hear a lot more about this in the coming years, particularly in a place like the Gold Coast. Yeah, actually, that's, that's exactly right. So it's almost like the new way of tourism. A, a change to tourism. Yeah, it is a change to tourism. And I stayed in a, a hotel um, very recently, I won't name it, and uh, they didn't have a desk in the hotel room. And I have to say, I, I changed hotels because sitting working on my bed for, yes, yeah. I was on, on a holiday, but at the same time, I'm wanting to kind of pound that hour out every day. It actually provides a really great opportunity when you're traveling to say, I've done the work and now I can relax. Now I can take my leisure time or I'll come back in and pump out an hour at three o'clock and then go back and have a walk on the beach, whatever that might look like. So, you know, we need to consider this in all the different um, places that we stay and the experiences we have. We we used to look at people in cafes and say they're trying to use free Wi-Fi. That's right. But we now we've had, we've had the, the realisation that actually this is the way people live now. They sit in a cafe and it's not they're stealing the Wi-Fi. They're just enjoying the experience or not working from a traditional office as we used to know it. Mm. Now, there's a there's another terminology I've heard branded around a little bit lately and, and particularly with women, and I'm sure you've heard it, and it's the imposter syndrome. Look, this is alive and well. It's it's coming out so much when I interview women or when I'm talking to women. 
And to an extent, I guess, I I feel it sometimes as well. Look, it, it's, I think, frankly, I don't think it's only women. I think it's men no. as well. But yeah. certainly it's a stigma around women. And when we're honest with ourselves, this imposter syndrome has affected us for indeed generations. And whether I'm speaking to young teenage women or I'm speaking to more mature women, there have been at some points in their lives or continually mm. that imposter syndrome that affects us. And what does that mean? It actually means that we feel that we'll be caught out for not being as good as we say we are or not presenting as well as we truly are, that someone will catch us out in some way because we actually don't have any idea what we're doing, which from time to time is probably all of us. All of us, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> when you actually, though, analyse it and sit and walk a woman through, for example, what her concerns are around imposter syndrome or or not actually having that true self-belief, as I like to call it, and you, you, you list it all out in a page and you bring it all back together, in actual fact, nine times out of ten, they have no reason to feel mm-hmm. like an imposter or to not be proud or or confident around themselves. But confidence and burnout are the two key factors that are hindering women's advancement in the workforce. And not only in the workforce in what we might say a casual role or a mid-management role, but in fact our leaders as well. You know, through the awards when we speak to our women about their financial position or advancing themselves into new opportunities or even looking at exporting, so many of those women year after year will tell us that they haven't gone to the bank to actually apply for funding or to any type of lender uh, or to gain that financial support because they're worried they won't achieve success or they won't receive the funding and they want to wait until they're 110% sure. Mm-hmm. And we explain to them that you're never 110% sure and as long as you fax us, you know, support mm-hmm. your actual model and um, your focus, then there is every opportunity that you may be supported. But if you don't try, you won't get. And if you don't go, you'll never know. So, you know, having them understand that you have to stretch yourself further than what they are currently. And for many women, they stay in this, um, A, a smaller mindset, but very unfortunately, because they haven't stretched themselves in this way, they won't develop or grow their business to the next level. So Equal Pay Day is on August the 25th. That's this week. What what are we looking at? What is the pay gap data showing us? Well, it's quite frightening really is the the gender gap shows um, in actual fact that full-time working women earn $252 still less a week than men. And they to really build that to the same, they need to work an extra 56 days to make up the difference. This is according to the Workplace Gender Equality Agency. And you know, when you when you hear these stats and, you know, when you speak to most women, they'll say, no, I'm, I'm receiving the exact same pay as my counterpart being a male. And yet this is actual fact across Australia. So we all need to look at our enterprises. We need to look at our roles. We need to look at diversity, not just gender-based, of course, but mm. ensuring that there is equality across all sectors within our workforce. What does that actually look like? And that equity piece is so important. But you know, women need to be paid more. It's a simple fact. And and you'd say, well, if they're paid in the same job more, what's the difference? Well, the difference is the actual jobs yeah. and the difference is the opportunities for women and the difference is the management roles. And, you know, still when we look at boards, et cetera, though, you know, yes, the numbers are changing and thank goodness for that. But 
uh, we have years and years ahead of us to have true, you know, parity. Mm. Mm. Wow. I didn't think it was that much, 252 less a week. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, that well, that's someone's groceries. Yeah. It's almost someone's rent. It's yeah. someone's car payment. When you look at it in those terms yeah, you're right. affect someone, is the yeah. choices they get to make about their lives, but also really importantly about their families. Many of these women are actually mums. And so for them, it's what their children aren't receiving. It's what their families aren't taking home. And as we know, in the last few years, there have been more marital breakups than at any other time in history. And so we're seeing more single families trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, make their way. And as the cost of living literally is going through the roof, um, you know, there are decisions being made on, on how people are living their lives. And that's going to affect them not just now, but for their future you know, decades to come. And so I think we need to take a, a much more serious look about this. So let's talk about the Gold Coast and let's talk about the opportunities on the Gold Coast and for of the course. Gold Coast. Yeah, let's do this. So what do you see as the opportunities for the Gold Coast moving forward? Uh, we're, we're filled with opportunities. Aren't we? Mm. Yeah, we are. We're really, um, we're really a futuristic city. And I think that you know, in this decade of disruption, as we realise the opportunities that are here, we're not just le- leisure-based and, and you know, led by RDA Gold Coast. In actual fact, we got to see this opportunity around manufacturing. For the first time, there was this bright light shot on, you know, what seemed to be quite a dull sector, frankly, and yet such an important sector. And there are so many employed here on the Gold Coast, but it never got to shine its perfect light until four years ago. And now we're starting to look at as, you know, industry 4.0, what opportunities lie in the health sector, the mm. research sector. I sit on the uh, Institute of Glycomics Board of Advice and hearing what research opportunities are here. For example, that is a world-leading institute based right here on the Gold Coast. Yep. And we're not celebrated, I don't think, um, enough either by the city or by Australia for the, the work that's undertaken. Because we've we've kind of, you know, lived under mushrooms here. You just get on and you do it. And I think the Gold Coast has been known for its tourism base. And that's critical, of course. But now we're talking about that bleed into pleasure. We're talking to it not just being a conference and a tourist market. We're talking about startups, you know. And and I actually, after seeing the the recent recent, uh, Pacific Air show, Mm. I have to say I had a moment watching those skies and watching the jets race over thinking, We've been known as the home of the entrepreneurial spirit. We've been known, of course, as we are of the home of the small business. But now we are a courageous city. Yes. We're a city that is leading and taking opportunities. You know, we have a mayor that, you know, will stand tall and say, well, if someone else won't hold the Commonwealth Games, we should. Now, we can all argue back and forth about the rights or wrongs of that. But in actual fact, we are a city where we step up, we stand up, and we'll, we aim to make a difference. And yes, we may get knocked down or yes, we may not win every time, but we'll damn we'll get in the arena. And I think that's what makes the Gold Coast so proud and so bold and courageous as we move forward. So what do you see as the challenges then in in, in that whole, I, I totally agree with you. The air show brought us that that whole, it was just phenomenal, wasn't it, Karen? Like oh. the the <laughs> It was a the buzz in the city. Crazy. I remember someone saying to me, "What is it? What what have you liked about?" It? I said, "The the the feel of the city." 
there's a buzz, there was an excitement. Oh. It was full of the city. Doesn't matter where you were on the Gold Coast. It was fantastic. And it reminded me of the first day of Indy when they said Paul Newman might come to Australia. Right. And and whether he ever came and as we know he didn't, the fact is we were so G'd up and so excited that our city got to host this global event. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just the roar of the crowds. It was the, you know, all the cars. It was the crowds. It was the excitement and the anticipation and the colour and the movement. And it was in that moment at the air show, I felt exactly the same standing there and with the Gold Coast Airport team and they know their planes. And uh, they're telling us every aircraft that was in the sky and all the details about them. And I just felt like we, you know, and you don't want to say come of age because we continue to come of age. But boy, do we you know, we really step up and stand up as a city. Yeah. And I think that that's exciting. When you look at what's what's not right, what we need to work towards, I think that we are still a small city where we're still a teenager finding their, you know, their legs. And I also think having spent some time in Dubai in the last year and, and you know, over two months, in fact, is that I've really taken a good look at where the world is moving to and, and perhaps some areas where we need to catch up. And I think this is it. We're we're on a global platform now. And yeah. whether you're a small or a large city, you are competing at a global level. And I think we cannot take that for granted. And we can't dismiss it saying it's okay for us. We're 14 hours away from the center of the world. You know, we've got time to catch up. We in fact don't. And we are competing at that level. And so, you know, when we're heading over to global shows like Arab Health, you know, we want the best in the business, but we are competing against the best in the business and the smartest minds and, you know, the most advanced technology and AI. So we can't afford to take a breath and sit back. We have to compete. And that means actually traveling as well. It means Mm. taking a look through a different lens, uh, through that entrepreneurial lens and saying, what can I take back to the Gold Coast? What do we need to look at? And even how do I lead differently? This isn't just about AI. It's not just about tech. It's actually about personal development for us all as leaders. Mm, no, definitely. So how how do we do that? Like how do we we step up to the plate? What do we need to do to do that apart from you know, expanding our horizons and looking at best, best practice model overseas? What does the Gold Coast, how do we need to evolve the Gold Coast in order to make it? a player on the on the global stage? Well, I think we are a player on the global stage yeah, across so many different sectors now from med tech the whole way through. You know, um, our Commonwealth Games is one of the greatest examples of, you know, of management. I think that, you know, human resources and human capital is still key and critical. And I think that developing ourselves this lifetime learning this, um, you know, continual education piece is is really important and we have the best universities in the world really um, here on the Gold Coast and they continue to win awards for being the best universities, the best place, the best lifestyle. So from our perspective, as we continue to grow, particularly and I'm talking from the leadership piece here, uh, we have to keep up as well and that's about not sitting on our laurels and saying, well, we'll rely on the younger people in our teams to understand the tech or the AI. We have to continue to stretch ourselves. And I think through education, and now you don't necessarily have to travel to those conferences. A lot of them are offered online as well. Mm. Uh, travel's more ex- expensive than ever before. But there are ways to ex- you know, expand your own horizons, um, even from your own dining room now. And I think that we have to continue to do that 
to really keep on par with the rest of the world. Mm. And, of course, um, you know, women in business awards, things like that actually highlight and and support that uh, the growth in all those industries as well. So, you know, it's 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 being part of a larger community. It's being part of a larger business on the Gold Coast that support and enhance you as well, isn't it? Yeah. Look, it's really important to have awards as well that are, are leading forward. We actually work with um, the councils and, for example, City of Gold Coast, we sit with them each and every year and talk about where are they moving to as a city, what is their hope and focus as part of their economic development, and then we launch awards in association with that. We've just launched a new award this year for women in export and international business, and the focus is to actually lead women into these opportunities as well. A very interesting thing happens when women win awards, Um, not all, but most of them. Uh, We continually receive phone calls and obviously updates from those who've been through the awards program because we we see them so regularly over the years. They become an award laureate, part of the alumni, and we do a lot of programs for the entire alumni, all free, of course, just to support them on their journey, thanks to our great partners, is that once they've won an award, for an example, the, the lady, Courtney Scott, who won Employer of the Year 2021, she had 47 staff at that time. She phones continuously and says, Karen, I've, we've now got another five staff. She works in the NDIS space. They're, they're an incredible Gold Coast-based organisation doing work across Queensland. And she'll explain how they've grown and developed. And I sometimes say, Courtney, why are you sharing this with me? It's such great information, but why the need? And she says, because I want to prove that I was worthy of winning that award. And I think that that's what happens when women win something is they want to then stretch even further and show that they were worthy because the other women that were also uh, applying and and vying for that award are also so exemplary. And so, you know, a crazy thing happens as they continue to stretch and and become more and more dynamic, and and that's a wondrous part of the awards program. Look, I think the Gold Coast is lucky to have um, people such as yourselves that are totally passionate, incredibly proactive in the growth of our industries and in the in the in looking after people within industries, whether they're men or women. Um, but what is it about the Gold Coast? This is my takeaway question. What is it about the Gold Coast that you love, you personally? Let's putting business aside. What is it that you if if you were talking to someone from overseas, why would that? Why should they come to the Gold Coast? People always talk about the weather. Yes, <laughs> and well, uh, you know, even when, rain, even when it rains, I say it's liquid sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that's oh, it. Okay. You know, we are a golden city. Um, we're filled with golden opportunities mm. um, from the goldness of the beach and the goldness of the sun but even to those beautiful sunsets in the hinterland, is I think that we have opportunities here to grow and develop and to really make your mark. Uh, We have a council that supports you. We have organisations like RDA who are here to understand industry and provide that that incredible direct intel. We have opportunities through education. And also, I think, I always say it's our people. Um, I I believe we're absolutely welcoming and I think that we are a a brilliant um, circus in a way of every act possible. Uh, And when you get inside the tent, you don't quite understand it once you buy your ticket, but when you get inside the tent, uh, you are taken back with our, our passion and our courage and our hopes 
and our tenacity. And in many ways, um, you know, beyond resilience, we are anti-fragile. We we keep on moving through, and um, that I'm most proud of that as a as a you know citizen of the Gold Coast. I'm most proud of it um, with the honour that I have, and and I think we are a city that's committed to serving um, for the best of our people, and and so why not? If anywhere, why not here? Yeah, exactly. But the one thing that I keep keeps resonating with me is we are a city, but we're 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 also like a, a community. Like it, we're a city, but we everyone knows each other. It's, we don't get lost in the city, do we? In the, oh, in the mass of it. And I think that you know we're a community on many levels. Um, yeah. Whether it's sports, whether it's the markets at Mudgery Bar. Uh, whether it's the the corporates in you know the mm. different centres of the Gold Coast, we all have our own people, and I think that you know someone once said you know the Gold Coast is like a, a strand of pearls, and from Coolangatta to Burley, uh, all the way up to to Labrador and beyond, as we have these beautiful collective communities, and we've certainly got to see that in the last few years where people really were only able to to live really closely in those close knit mm. communities and that support piece there. But that's what I love. It doesn't matter where I go in our city. And uh, having just been at the Bleach Festival where we got the opportunity of being out in some farming areas at back of Corumbum, I mean, how fantastic and what incredible communities they are. And so I think that, you know, we all have our own bubbles, of course, but when we take ourselves out of our bubble and and whether we head to the hinterland or we we head down to Corumbum and we're down there in the waters, et cetera, is that People are happy here. Yeah, they are. Most of them, yeah. and for yeah. most of the time, yeah. because our city brings about happiness. And um, a, a Gold Coaster once told me they came here. Their mum brought them here on the hope of a dream. And I think that's it. We are a city of dreams. Mm. Um, we create them. We have opportunities, and when they don't work, we can rebuild them. And mm. you know, blessed are we to live in such a great part of the world. Can't think of a better way to finish our interview thank you so much karen it's been wonderful speaking with you today oh it's been terrific and uh love the podcast love listening <laughs> and thank uh you. <laughs> thank right. you for inviting me thanks for listening today for a complete list of podcast episodes and transcripts go to rdagoldcoast.org.au slash podcasts And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter.